This is Heart to Heart with your host Brian DeHart and the intern, my man Eli Horton, sitting in all summer helping us out. I hope you're enjoying it. Remember to like, share it, let's get the word out about what God's doing, and I hope you enjoy today's discussion. So here we go. All right, we are back after taking a week off. Yeah, man. Sorry about that. Week off. Sorry, Eli. I know you were here working without me. I was in therapy. I was in therapy. I've been telling everybody I've been in therapy. What type of therapy? Uh, sand and salt water therapy. A little surfboard, a little wind, a little sunburn. Great time. Loved it. Loved it. You going to the beach this summer? I will be. Nice. For like a month, right? Yeah, half a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried to record the podcast last week with just using my computer and not like our old setup, and it just it sounded... It, it sounded like garbage, so I just said, you know what, we're just going to take a week off. I hope my four followers understand. Yeah, I had a few people asking about it. I did too. It kind of made, it makes me feel good. Doesn't <laughs> it make you feel good? You're like, yeah. I'm on the podcast. It's out there. It's out there. People are listening. I think we're up to like 12 followers. We're like the 12. We had 12 disciples. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're going to monetize this thing. Maybe make a couple, a couple dollars next year. Three, maybe. We'll split it. Okay. I'll take 25%. <laughs> we'll go to Sonic Happy Hour. One afternoon, let the, the podcast the nerd slushy. Yeah, let the podcast pay for it. That'd be great. Hey, so we are in. I think, man, I think we're actually in week five or six. This is week six of how how not yep. to read the Bible. So it's been, dude. You've been here six weeks. This is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, you get out. You college kids got a weird summer, but yeah, six weeks. And today is a big one, man. Today we're we're opening the door, and we're we might close it. We might close it. Or we might keep going. But we're going to talk a little bit about, um, is the Bible anti-science? It's a big one. We kind of had this conversation in my office the other day, talking about one of your professors, you know, what what pronouns do you go by? <laughs> well, like I told you the other day, I go by athletic. I go, okay. And handsome. Handsome. <laughs> you can call me good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that has nothing to do with it. It does kind of have to do with science. It's just, I want to kind of open the door to this, though, is that uh, in reading the book uh, by by Dan Kim, uh, Kimball that we've been talking about, How Not to Read the Bible, the, the couple chapters we're going to go through here is, is the Bible anti-science? And this is a big one, though, because I think a lot of students, after doing youth ministry for years, and even a lot of adults I know, um, will will start comparing their faith in the Bible to what we know scientifically in the world today, and this thing, this idea of deconstruction. I mean, have you heard about the? I mean, deconstruction is a huge thing right now. People deconstructing their faith, and um, I don't. I think it's an unnecessary thing. Like, I, th- I think that you can actually study science. And truly believe and know Christ as your Savior and believe the Word of God is correct in every form, you know. Right. Um, but it's a pushback. Our, our, our culture right now has a big pushback of that basically science versus faith, you know, and it's that you can't have both. I mean, just look at, um, I mean, we just kind of, I don't know if you knew, Eli, there's a global pandemic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was, is that surprising? When did it happen? <laughs> but if you notice, there was a lot of that culture of like, the, trust the science. We trust the science. We follow the science. We follow the science. And I was just kind of thinking about that um, last week and this morning. Hey, look up. Hey, Google. He's, he's got his trusty uh, 
laptop here. Look up the de- what's the definition of science? Because that's what I always find interesting is that um, we hear people constantly say we trust the science. Now, before going further, I want everybody listening and Eli and everybody to understand, my mother is a scientist, okay? My mother works for the University of North Carolina at, I don't want to add because I don't want to get her fired, you know. But anyway, but uh, she's worked for for the Tar Heels, <laughs> but uh, but she's a scientist and it always has been. So science is part of my family. We we trust science. We trust medical uh, people. Like it's we, we're not anti science. Okay, don't don't be listening. Going okay, the hearts you know they they don't believe in, in science. They don't take Advil. You know no no that's that's not true. Um, but I believe that science and faith work hand in hand, and I. I believe that the scripture is so true in Corinthians where Paul says all things are revealed in the glory of God. Like everything's for the glory of God. And I think when you really start looking at science, it's actually revealing God and who he is and the glory of who he is, not doing the opposite. And that's where I think uh, the lie of Satan and the lie of the enemy is God. But what's the, what do you guys, the definition of science? The intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. How is how is how how is that truth? I mean, if you go back, it, it's the study. Mm-hmm. It's the observation. I mean, it says experiment. It's the experiments you're trying to figure out. You're trying to figure, which I think is great. I'm I mean, I'm all about it. Let's figure out what you know. Just not summer chemistry. Just <laughs> just not chemistry <laughs> through uh, the computer during summer. But I. I'm, I'm cool, like, not that I'm not cool with that. I don't understand, how do we get to the point where the definition of science is literally telling us it's the study, it's the observation, it's the experiment, trying to seek understanding of things. If you're trying to seek understanding, that can't be truth, right? Truth is already defined. You don't seek understanding, you seek understanding of truth, but you're not seeking the truth. The truth is defined. And I think the Word of God says that. So, you know, this is a big deal. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is a big deal. And there's a lot of folks your age, Eli, and older and younger, that struggle with this idea of science and, and, and what science says and how can the Bible be truth. Science says this. The first thing I want us to do, and I want us to understand, here's my first point, Eli. You ready? Yeah. The Bible is not a scientist, scientific textbook. It, it can't be read like that. Mm. You can't... <laughs> You can't read the Bible and say, well, it's not true because it doesn't say this. Well, it's not written as a scientific textbook. It's not a scientific document. It's a theological doctrinal document revealing to us who God is and the glory of God, not how old trees are. (laughs) It's not revealing to us micro versus microbiologist. You know what I'm saying? It's not doing those things. It is a book telling us the doctrine and character of God. So here's the thing. Here's the big question. When I was in youth, I got this question all the time. And everybody, ooh, I just, here we go. Here's the big question. I just dropped the mic on myself. I dropped the mic. Anyway, (laughs) dinosaurs, man. That was when I was in youth. Everybody came at it hot. Came at dinosaurs, man. How can you believe in the Bible and there be dinosaurs? Uh, in fact, Dan Kimball talks about this cartoon of this T-shirt, and it's Jesus actually riding a dinosaur. There's these other memes of, like, Jesus holding and petting a dinosaur. 
And so I would have students look at me, and then, you know, my sons would be like, well, there it talks about dinosaurs in the Bible, and you can look in the Old Testament. There's some scriptures that, that talk about it, but I, I've got a I've got a question for you. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, Eli just threw it up on the screen. Jesus petting a dinosaur. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you, though. I want you to Google something real quick, though, right. okay? Jurassic World's coming out, right? Don't Google that. It came out. It's out. It's out, and it's killing it, right? And right. Last week on vacation, me and my kids, we watched all the Jurassic Parks. Like, every night we'd watch a different Jurassic Park. Um, Google when the first dinosaur bone was discovered. We need a date. Because I think this is fascinating. Because this whole book kind of is talking about your culture and how your culture and your environment and the society you live in, that there are some truths in that culture that aren't in other cultures. So when we're reading Scripture— and you're reading this biblical culture, and the idea, I'm going to keep saying this, the Bible was written for us, but not to us. So it's not being written to 2022 when Jurassic World's coming out and, you know, politics are like they are. It's being written to a uh, biblical people and an and ancient people, actually. It's an ancient book. So when were the first dinosaur bones discovered? Just give me a date, Dan. Give well, me a year. Give it, me a year. It's a different... I'm different. getting three different answers. All right, just kidding. 1677, okay. 1819, and around 1840. Okay, so 1819 and 1840 were the two that I found. Okay. okay. 18, now I want you to Google get this. When did George Washington die? <laughs> this is about to blow your mind. Uh, blew my mind. 1799. Whoa, whoa, whoa. George Washington died in 1799. Yeah, first president. Okay. First dinosaur bone early 1800s right about 20-ish years after possibly to so later did you know that about dinosaurs about george washington <laughs> yeah i think me and you talked about this summer yeah isn't it crazy yeah he didn't he didn't even know he didn't even know there were dinosaurs but somehow dinosaurs are so like entrenched in our culture that it's like everybody always knew there was dinosaurs like, we, we didn't really start knowing that there's dinosaurs for the last 200 years. That's, right. that's kind of crazy, if you think about it. Like, that's that's kind of nuts. Now, here's the other thing about it. This morning, I'm listening to the radio, and they're listening to an alligator, all right? They, they, this, there's audio out there. It's gone viral right now of an alligator doing its mating thing. You know what I'm saying? You know what an alligator's mating is? I don't, I don't Can we do it? No, I'm good. Uh, you good? We all understand. Well, the other radio host, you know what he said? He goes, that sounds like a dinosaur. It sounds just like a dinosaur. And you know what I thought? How do we know what dinosaurs sound like? If we didn't find their bones 200 years ago, right, mm-hmm. then how do we know what a dinosaur sounds like? So the other radio guy goes, yeah, it does. Let's compare them. So he takes the alligator sound and compares it to Jurassic World oh. sound. Oh, oh. Think about this, though. Think Me. think about our society right now. Listen, though. We take Jurassic World. Who, like, is that Steven Spielberg? Is that Steven? Chris Pratt, man. Like, Chris Pratt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the goat. But we take the sound that that movie says as the absolute truth for what a dinosaur sounds like. Did you know? Yeah. I'm going to blow your mind here. Okay, ready. Chickens. Yeah. Come from dinosaurs. Yes, we've talked. This, we had this big conversation. Yeah. That... There's evidence. There's tons of evidence out there that most dinosaurs had feathers. Yeah. So now if most dinosaurs have feathers. We're looking at chickens everywhere. Like T-Rex ain't nothing but a giant chicken. Dude, I got 
You I got, got dinos in my house. Got dinos in that. So it's kind of crazy how these things become absolute truth so quickly. But yet, this word of God that's been here way longer is not truth. Does that make sense? Right. So the same people to me, the same cultural people. I'm not calling these people out, but the same cultural students that are freshmen and sophomore in college. If I walked up to them and we're talking about this, and they're like, well, I have trouble believing Scripture because it doesn't line up with science. And then I would say, well, what does a dinosaur sound like? And I'd play a Jurassic Park sound, and they would go, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And I would go, so you believe this, that a studio, they put together a lion sound, they put together all these sounds to make what they think a dinosaur would sound like. That's absolute truth because it. think about that, though. Think about spiritually think about the enemy and how he's lied to us to the point where we trust because the movie's been around for 20 years it's got to be true right right but i'm gonna deconstruct my faith completely from an ancient book because it can't be true it makes it it literally if you just like step back in big picture it's so crazy to look at that of this that people are deconstructing their faith they're pulling themselves back from their faith because of this and one of the other reasons is the the age of the earth. Have you, I mean, I don't know if you worked on this in college or in high school, but you know what? The Bible's filled with miracles and crazy things happening. I mean, it just absolutely. And one of the things that people always step back from is creation. All right. So let's. What are what are some of the things that people call creation? There's the Big Bang. Right. Mm-hmm. Great show, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> The Big Bang, right? That happened. Some believe uh, a lot of people. Big push for evolution. Evolution happened, right? We we all evolved um, from monkeys. Monkeys. That's that's the big push. I always laugh at that one because I'm kind of I'm kind of like if that's the absolute truth, why aren't there half monkeys? You know? And then someone comes back and they'll say, well, there is actually evidence of evolution of a mosquito in South America. I'm not saying that humans can't evolve. Just it's kind of just like for me. I think humans can. We we do evolve, not as drastic as they say, but like, if you go live in, you know, Alaska, right, Six, sixty degree day, you're rocking your shorts and tank top, right? You might even be going swimming because your body has evolved and it's so used to cold weather, right? Right. But if you're living in Hawaii or you're living in Mexico, and it's sixty degrees out, like we were at Disney a couple months ago, and it was sixty two degrees one morning, and everybody was wearing North Face jackets and in toboggans and i'm going it's because we we can develop to to but I'm the, I, we didn't evolve from something like that i believe in creation that god created the earth in seven way well, he, he actually created six days and rested, and rested on the seventh well that's a big debate uh of new earth old earth right how old is the earth how old are we there and st- some people really start um, digging in and saying, well, there's no way. The Earth's millions of years old. Everything in our society is telling Earth that it's millions of years old, right? Every movie, every TV, everything we say is that the Earth is millions of years old. But if you study Scripture, I believe that the Earth is between six and 10,000 years old, okay? there's a. I took a class, actually, a Genesis class, for, and... Um, and I'm not going to mention the past or the teacher's pretty famous guy, but he was dogmatic that it was like six thousand years old. But I believe it's somewhere between six and ten thousand years old. I'm more open to this. It's not. It's not going to be like the fall of my faith. You know what I'm saying? But in reading Dan Kimball's book, he came. I came across something that really just 
just grabbed my heart. And it, I want to read you this. Two guys named John Miller and John Sudden were both theologians that loved the Word of God. They were passionate about the Word of God. They wanted to know every single truth about the Word of God, right? How did that truth apply to our lives? And then all of a sudden, they wrote, uh, the, they wrote in their book, and, and Dan shared it, that they realized as they were studying Scripture, as they were looking at creation, and, oh, my God, how can science and creation be so polar opposites? And they just stopped, and they stepped back. And they, I want to read you this. Um, I want to read you this kind of chapter because I think it's so good. It's actually from the book uh, called From the Beginning, We Misunderstood. Okay, which is, I, 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 I'm going to buy this book. I want to read it. It says, I realized that all my life, I had been reading Genesis from the perspective of a modern person. Okay, stop right there. So like me and you. Yeah, well, modern people think that dinosaurs sounded like alligators because of Jurassic Park, correct? Probably chickens like this. What if they bought, I thought about that, that this morning. As I was listening to Ray, I was like, what if chickens like bought, like dinosaurs? Like we always see T-Rex. <laughs> T-Rex is less intimidating when he shows up. And like the giant, uh, the giant dinosaurs that kind of look like a giraffe, what if it was hairy and when it opened its mouth it was like a cow? <laughs> like it, We don't know. We don't know, but we think we do, right? Right. And that's what he's saying here. When you start reading Genesis from the perspective of a modern person that we know exactly what dinosaurs sound like, right? Mm-hmm. I had to read it through the lens of a historical historical and scientific person. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to read it through the lenses of a historical synopsis and scientifically influenced individual. That's how he'd been reading it, right? I assume that Genesis was written to answer questions of the origin that people uh, are asking today. So, stop right there. He He's literally saying, when I read Genesis, I took a whole class about Genesis where they were so dogmatic about this. That these these are the dates, these are the years. It's six thousand years old. Noah's Ark was this big, and and I, I'm I'm with it. But like, we were reading it as modern people looking for modern answers to today's questions, right? Mm-hmm. What if the people of Israel weren't asking when the world was created? They didn't care. No. Like what? So all right, let's keep reading. But I had never asked the most important, vital question of all. Here we go. Ready? Who wrote Genesis? You know, Bible intern. His guy it starts with M. Israel Mo, Mo, Moses. Moses wrote Genesis. Okay. Moses wrote Genesis. He said, What if I had asked the most important and vital question? What did Moses mean when he wrote Genesis? What did he mean when he wrote the text? After all, my Bible was Moses' Bible first. Was Moses going against and advocating against Charles Darwin? Because <laughs> that's kind of how we think, right? Yeah. Was he writing it to discredit any modern theory of evolution? No, not at all. Where he, where his reading troubled, troubled by calculations of speed of light, was his readers troubled by the idea of the calculations of speed of light? They were upset by the distance of the galaxies and the earth? Were they puzzled by the significance of what DNA really is and how it affects Genesis? Were they debate were they debating young earth versus old earth? Would they had any inkling about modern science worldviews? No. Like when Moses wrote the book, this is back to it all. 
The Bible is inherently true. It's absolutely true. Did Jesus walk on water? Yes. Did Lazarus raise from the dead? Yes. Were people healed from their sicknesses? Yes. Like, did a blind man get a little mud bath on his face and see? Yes. I believe all of it completely true. I believe there are so many things in this world you cannot answer. But for me to look at the Bible and think it's going to answer the exact questions that I need from a modern scientific view is is it's crazy because that's not what Moses was saying. It goes all the way back to this, Eli. The Bible was written for us, not to, to us. us. It's written for us. It's written for us to see God's character, to see who he is. All right, last paragraph. I'm done. If you agree with the answer of these questions, you obviously know. Or you, If you agree with the answer of these questions, it's obvious no. Like the, these people that were Moses writing to did not struggle with new world, new earth, old earth. If you agree that the answer to these questions, okay, then the logical question is, what was on their mind? What was God trying to talk to them and show them? How would we understand Genesis 1 differently? What did Genesis 1 really mean written by the original author to the original readers? I think this is absolutely fascinating if we stop and think about it. Because once again, we're thinking that, man, I'm going to read Old Earth, New Earth. I'm going to know exactly how the Earth was created, when it was created, the days it was created, and all that. Because here's some trouble, though. The Earth was created on, on day four. What happened? You might know what happened on day four. Day four, let's go through them. Day one, the forming of light and darkness. Day two, skies and sea. Day three, he fertile the Earth. Day four, the light of day and night. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did he create the sun on day four and then day one there was light and darkness? All right, how did... Then, day five, he created the birds, fish, and sea. Day six, the animals of the land, including man on day six. So someone's like, how in the world does this... What is going on? Like, this can't be true. Here's the idea. Quit looking at it as a scientific book of saying this happened, this happened, this happened. Start looking at it as this beautiful idea that God was taking something that was empty and forming something that was being made. Like God was, and he was, he was like, quit saying, okay, day one, day two, day three. No, no, no. Okay, he did these on day one, day but it was being formed. Well, how did he create the sun on day four? What was the earth just suspended? Was the earth just sitting there suspended, not rotating? There was no day and night, it was just light? Maybe. We don't know. Why, why would he have to immediately make rotation around the sun? Why didn't he wait to day four? And then all of a sudden the earth started rotating and then it became day and night. There's a lot of like really, really interesting things in the way that the word, like just this. They say, okay, have you heard this? I love what people, people are going to say this. And this Sunday morning, I know in our life group, we're going to have, they're going to say, this is the big, what if a day is not like a day here, right? What if a day is like a thousand years or a day? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's where that kind of comes from. It's the debate. The word day in Hebrew, that's that that Moses wrote the word, he wrote the word Uma, all right? Or say say it for me. It's U it's Y O M. How would you pronounce that? Y O M. Yeah. Yum. 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 Yeah. Yum. Yum's day. I'm about to go eat lunch. Yum. Yum. All right, anyway. <laughs> Yum in Hebrew meant day, right? In Genesis one five, Yum can be equated to be twelve hours. And half a day. In Genesis 2-2, it was actually used and translated as a full week. 
The same Hebrew word in Genesis 4-3 was, was used to, to mean a growing season, which would be a several months. In Genesis 44-32, it's meant as eternity. In Genesis 43-9 and Deuteronomy 4-40 and Deuteronomy 19-19, Yom is meant to be someone's physical life. And in Deuteronomy 10-10, the same Hebrew word, time equaled 40 days. So think about this. We have always read the Bible from an English perspective where he's saying six days. We never stopped and said, is that word days the same as our word days? Can't be. I don't know. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and here's the controversy. Did Jesus, I mean God, Jesus God, okay. Did God create this earth? Absolutely. Did he create it in seven days or six days and rest on the seventh? Absolutely. Were those days thousands of years? Were those days 10 years? Were those days 40 years? Were those days, I don't know. Can't, could, here we go, you ready? For, for some of y'all. Could God create the earth in six days, six 24-hour periods, create everything and make everything? Yes, absolutely. The man raised Jesus from the dead. He, he saved Lazarus. He literally can do, he's God. Could he have done six days? Yes, but did he have to? No. Here's the idea, though. I think Genesis 1 was Moses writing to his people saying, look what I can, look how powerful God is that he can form something out of nothing. He's so grand and great, he can form something out of nothing. That that we've been in the desert for 40 years and God can perform something out of nothing. We, we've been lost for 40 years, God can do something out of nothing. God is always creating something new. And I think that's the beauty of it. So do I think science pulls away from faith? Absolutely not. I think science pushes to faith. To faith, yeah. I really do. Like, I, I really do. I don't I don't know any doctor that would be honest that would... It, an, an honest doctor is not going to tell you that we can understand all things. There's just certain things we can't understand. There's certain people that are healed from cancer and certain people that aren't. We can't understand them. If we did... Then we're God. Right. And we go all the way back to the beginning. What is the fall? We wanted to know what God knew. That's the thing. It's like, man, this study has really been taking me through this this heart thing of like, man, when you read scripture, it's all coming back to the character of God, that he is God. He is all-knowing. He is all-loving. And we are desperate for him through this. We're desperate for him. And what are we desperate for? We're constantly needing to surrender to him but what do we constantly want to do we're wanting to pull it back and we want to know everything we want to know exactly how the earth was created we want to know exactly how this thing is we want we want to know everything we want to know the right decision we want to know it but god says no you just got to trust in me it's faith and trust and love is in me it's in me listen if i was left to make my own decisions it, it it's not going to be good no it's not going to be good i i mean just look at all of us. We mess up so much. But God's so gracious and merciful to love us. I think when I'm reading Scripture now, loving going through Scripture, is that it's all pointing to Him. So did Jesus pet dinosaurs? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I'm going to find out someday. Yeah. If I believe in young earth, which I do, do, and someone's like, well, well there's no way because... You're saying 6,000 years. How could dinosaurs walk the earth in 6,000 years and we not know it? Stop. 
George Washington didn't even know there were dinosaurs. Think how short a time that was. Like, dinosaurs could have easily gone extinct and two generations later not known about them at all. Right? I mean, that's that's not... When you really step back and take an an, an unbiased perspective, that would be, okay, that makes sense. There's things that there's things that 200 years ago that were believed that we didn't know. Like, in fact, when the Bible was written, you can really start studying it. We didn't believe that we were that the the Earth rotated around the Sun. We believed the Sun rotated around the Earth. Right. So that would make sense. How you read a lot of scripture, right? When they talk about the Sun stands still and things like that. So it's real interesting. I think this is a great study. Um, but I, but at the end of the day, I want everybody to understand when we read scripture, we need to understand that the most important thing I can get to you that Dan Kimball has put in my life is this book was written for me, not to me. And the for me is for me to see God's character and his love for his people, his love for me. Do I completely understand all things in it? No. Do I completely agree with all things in it? I'm going to go with no. But do I love all things in it? Yes, because I think it's a letter that he is writing to me, for me. And uh, and I'm going to see Jurassic Park tonight. No, I'm not. <laughs> Are you a big Jurassic Park person? I, w- I want to watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I do, because I didn't really want to. And then last week, watching all of them, they kind of all have the same storyline. You know, Blue's going to show up sometime. That one, you know, and yeah. everybody, Blue now, and Chris. Now has got a relationship with another one. Oh, does he? I, I think. Did, oh, that's gonna be good. Blue, yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think uh, Jurassic World's gonna be better in Top Gun? No. No. Okay. I mean, I love Chris Pratt, but it's just, no, he just can't do it. Miles Teller's better. <laughs> well, that's been all for today. Uh, heart to heart. This has been fun. Um, I know that some of the things today you might say, "Well, Brian, I don't believe with you." You know, I'm still working through how I believe. You know, what I'm saying I'm still working on my faith and. You know, a couple of years ago when I was taking that Genesis class, man, I i mean, I was soaking it up, man. I was loving, you know, six-day creation. Then I start reading other stuff. You know what? Sometimes I don't think I, I don't. Here's the thing. For me to trust and love in Jesus Christ, I don't have to know. That's just me personally. I just want to keep seeking it. I want to keep learning about it. I want to keep reading about it. I want to keep reading about his characteristics. Because here's the crazy thing is when he created man and woman and created us in his image and sin has separated us ever since then, And that's what I want to get back to. I want to be with Christ. I want to see Christ. I want to know his voice. I want to hear his voice. So I'm going to keep seeking him in every way I can. But um, this one's been kind of long. I'm sorry. These are big topics, so it's kind of hard. Eli, I appreciate your help. Of course. You're the man. You're you're doing a great job as intern. We've got a big night tonight. Got youth tonight. Yeah, excited. It's going to be rocking and rolling. A whole new look. A whole new look. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Not really a whole new. It's kind of the same look. Just I'm gonna miss Tyler running around yelling, but maybe we'll find somebody else running around and yell. So I, you're right. right for the job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old, man. I'm dad. I'm dad. But all right, thank y'all so much for listening. You're about to hear my kids beatbox ourselves out of here. Uh, hey, it's been heart to heart with Brian D. Hart and Eli Horton. Thanks so much. God bless you. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom